Hey guys, welcome back to In This Space with me, your host, Taylor Nicole. I am so glad to have you guys back. If you're new here, welcome, welcome, welcome. And if you're not new here, welcome back, guys. Like, thank you for being a part of this family. Thank you for coming back. You are so welcome here. I'm excited to talk about a new topic in our Identity in Christ series, and that is you are forgiven. And so today we're going to talk about how God sees you and how in Christ you are forgiven. We're going to break that down a little bit because everybody deserves to know that in Christ you are forgiven. <clears throat> and what that means is that we're going to put all shame, all guilt, all condemnation to the side, okay? Because through Christ and with Christ, only with Christ, let's get this this concept very clear, only with Christ and through Christ, by grace alone, we are forgiven. And that's something very exciting to really just understand. Um, so the first scripture that we really, 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 really need to break down is the basis behind, you know, forgiveness. And Hebrews 9.22 explains that, you know, in fact, the law requires that nearly everything be cleansed with blood and without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness. And to explain this in the Old Testament, um, pre-Jesus, <clears throat> it was required that, you know, you do a lot of rituals and, you know, a lot of those rituals consisted of sacrifices like burnt offerings, guilt offerings, um, just plenty of animal sacrifices that you had to do. And so that scripture alone, it's just letting you know that like blood had to be shed, blood had to be shed time and time again. So if blood wasn't shed, there was no forgiveness. And all these sacrifices were doing was postponing the judgment until a better sacrifice could come into place. Um, that sums up pretty much how sacrifices worked back then. Now, Hebrews 10 really kind of explains how Jesus came into play because, of course, the Old Testament and the New Testament can give you two different sides. And if you are un unaware of that, that's cool. But this kind of gives you a brief kind of summary of, or I guess a gist of, you know, how we got from the Old Testament to the New Testament. And so in Hebrews 10, it says, since the law has only a shadow of the good things to come and not the reality itself of those things, it can never perfect the worshipers by the same sacrifices they continually offer year after year. Otherwise, wouldn't they have stopped being offered since the worshipers purified once and for all would no longer have any consciousness of sins? But in the sacrifices, there is a reminder of sins year after year, for it is impossible for the blood of bulls and goats to take away sins. 
Therefore, as he was coming into the world, he said, you did not desire sacrifice and offering, but you prepared a body for me. You did not delight in whole burnt offerings and sin offerings. Then I said, see, it is written about me in the scroll. I have come to do your will, God. After he says above, you did not desire or delight in sacrifices and offerings, whole burnt offerings and sin offerings, which are offered according to the law. He then says, see, I have come to do your will. He takes away the first to establish the second. And by this will, we have been sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once and for all time. And that pretty much sums it up. We are only forgiven because of Jesus Christ. That is the only way. Jesus himself was the ultimate Passover lamb, the ultimate blood sacrifice for all of our sins. It even follows in Hebrews 10, 17 through 8 that um, their sins and lawless acts I will remember no more. And where these have been forgiven, sacrifice for sin is no longer necessary. Jesus came, you know, the son of God, Jesus. God sent his only begotten son to die for our sins. And this was all out of love. Nothing we do, nothing we have done, nothing we did. We did not, you know, earn this. This was out of that true godly love. He loved us enough to send someone to allow us redemption. He didn't have to allow us redemption. You know, time and time again, we were stubborn. We didn't listen. We were impatient. We were rude. We sinned against him, you know, and we still do right now. But he offered us a way into his family, a way to be adopted into his family through Jesus Christ. Um, We have an intercessor on our behalf. And the only way that we're able to meet God is through Jesus. And so I'm getting on to a whole different, I'm getting on to all kinds of other stuff. But just know that we are forgiven because of Jesus. Now, in this, how are we forgiven? A few just simple concepts. First John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us of our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. So you need to sit down and explain and confess the things that you've done in your life that maybe were not right and just be humble and express that you did wrong and that you've done wrong and you still continue to do wrong and explain what you've done wrong and explain, you know, just that you need God. You need Jesus. And he is very, very much faithful and just enough to forgive you. But through God, Jesus alone, that's the only way that we can be purified from our unrighteousness. Even in Ephesians 1, 7, it also says, in Christ, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches riches of God's grace. No matter what you've done in the past, you 
are forgiven. You are forgiven and you cannot let that shame and that condemnation from the world make you not live in your calling because God is calling us to way, way more. He's calling us to a life of godliness. He's calling us to a life and a, a new a new sanctified life where we can live life showing us what Jesus has done for us. And he wants us to live with a heart after God. And you cannot let shame or condemnation or any of that hold you back because, sorry y'all, the cat is meowing in the background because he, he is upset. But we just can't let that hold us back. We really can't, you know, we are forgiven. And that honestly is so hard to understand sometimes. It really is. And it should be because it's a very magnificent, amazing concept. The fact that like, we don't deserve this grace, but we got it. And once we accept that grace, we can move in our calling so much more because you don't want to be held back by shame. Because you are forgiven. Even another um, good passage is Psalm 103, 8 through 12. And it says, the Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in love. He will not always accuse, nor will he harbor his anger forever. He does not treat us as our sins deserve or repay us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love for those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. We deserve so, 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 so much more. But our God is so gracious. He is so, 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 so gracious. And that is the one thing I enjoyed about reading the Bible was just seeing how slow to anger he was and just seeing how my definition of love has changed, just seeing how God is and just seeing how gracious he is and how he just kind of allowed us to just do things that, you know, we knew weren't right, but he allowed us to like come up from that. And he gave us a huge opportunity to come back from that. And that was Jesus Christ and is Jesus Christ. And that makes me want to live better knowing that um, having a heart after God is, I think, the biggest takeaway point that we can have. Um, Another takeaway point, I definitely think like recognizing that, you know, Once we acknowledge this forgiveness and this grace, you know, that should make you be able to forgive others as well. The way that, you know, God has forgiven you, you should be able to express that same forgiveness to your fellow neighbors. So grace itself, grace itself is something that we have to have and it's hard to not have grace when you know that you know you yourself didn't deserve grace from God but yet you got it 
and everybody else is God's children as well. So we just have to share and express that same grace and forgiveness as well. And it can be hard, but I hope that your most largest takeaways from this just was that like you are forgiven, you are forgiven, you are forgiven, confess your sins, repent. And he, you know, he will purify you from all unrighteousness. That there's no extra steps to this. There is no extra steps to this. We cannot add any extra steps to this. You know, sometimes we can try, but that's, we can't do that today. So I just think that you need to remember that you are forgiven when sometimes those doubts and those shames and the condemnation comes up. You need to remind yourself. And it's sometimes something we have to constantly remind ourselves of. And we also have to remind ourselves that, you know, the grace of God and his mercy and his forgiveness, that should make you want to change and do better and grow in this process of sanctification. So that is all I have. I hope you know that you're that you're forgiven, like anything is holding you back right now, pray over it and remind yourself that, you know, God, he is not holding that over your head. And, you know, just if you have a heart to change, it starts right now. It starts today. So anyways, (laughs) that was all that we had today. I hope that you learned. I hope that I expressed the message as best as I possibly could have. And I hope that, you know, you are trying to grow, 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 grow more in Christ every single day. And I hope that I'm just that one little step on your path to growth. Have a blessed, blessed day.